We welcome the radio audience to the Sunday morning worship service of the Kings of Eastern Baptist Church. We trust you will receive a blessing as you worship with us around the Word of God. Our text for today is in the book of John, chapter 14, and verse 26. John 14, and verse 26. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, as we present thy word, we ask that thou would use it in a special way. May thy will be done, lead, guide, and direct us, and help us to understand thy word. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John chapter 14 and verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. We talk much about the Trinity, the triune God. We talk about the fact that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is one God. We spend a lot of time as we study and preach and so on, preaching about Jesus because Jesus is the one that came to die for our sins, is a part of God that came to die for our sins. We talk about God the Father because it tells us that God the Father created the world. But as the, yet at the same time, we hear Jesus say that he did the work. We realize that when we think about the Godhead, we, we think about the fact that Jesus died. And a lot of times we just think about Jesus as our Savior. We don't think a lot about the Father, and we don't think much about the Holy Spirit. These are all part of God. And the Holy Spirit has a special place in our lives. Because when we're saved by the grace of God, the part of God that enters into us is the Holy Spirit. We say many times, and rightly so, that we have Christ in us because He is in us. He's our Savior. But looking at the triune God, the Holy Spirit is the part of God that enters into the lives of His people. Not much is preached about the Holy Spirit. We don't think as much about it because we think about that Jesus the Son died for us, which he did. But the Spirit of God is the one that enters into our lives becomes a part of us. 
teaches us the things that we need. It says in this, ver- in this verse, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The Bible is made up of 66 books. Each book has many, many lessons. We can read the Bible and we can understand those things, but who of us can remember it all? We can't. But have you noticed that when times comes in your life that you need some special comfort or that you're uh, you're witnessing someone and you, you need a, a special answer that the Spirit of God will bring to your remembrance what you need at that time. Helps you to remember what the Scripture says to answer that question. The Bible tells us in different ways In order to remember something, you have to read it. Because we're told that we should read the Bible. I've said many times, and I've stressed it, and I don't mean to say that it's wrong to read the Bible, but I've said I've, I've never asked somebody just to read a chapter a day if you're just going to read words and not pay any attention to it, I'd rather you would read a few verses and study it and get what it means as to read a whole chapter and just read words. I say that for this reason. We're to hear what it says. We're to learn what it means. <clears throat> and the the work of the part of the Godhead, the work of the Holy Spirit, is a very important part of the work of God in our lives. It's the Spirit of God that enters into us. It's the Spirit of God that that, um, teaches us. When you read the Bible, I can remember uh, reading the Bible and seeing something there that I don't remember ever seeing there before. And I'm not talking about when I first started reading it. I'm talking about even after I've been reading and teaching from the Bible for many, many years, I still read things that suddenly there's something there that I didn't know was there. Because the Spirit of God is bringing something to my mind, teaching me something, teaching me the things of God and helps me to use that thing in the way that it's supposed to be used. The work of the Holy Spirit is just as important a work for us as the work of Christ who died for us. As a child of God, The Spirit of God is in us to teach us the way we should go and what's right and what's wrong. We, We forget 
that we we live in a in a human flesh, a flesh that is easily tempted. But we have within us one that will help us to to resist temptations. We are responsible to turn from that which is wrong. Too often we don't. But the Spirit is in us to help us to know what's right or wrong and to turn from that which is wrong. It says, He will teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. How many times have we been tempted to do something and all of a sudden we'll remember something that the Bible says that tells us that that's wrong. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And actually the Spirit, even though as uh, the Bible tells us, He enters into the believer, the Holy Spirit begins His work in the heart of a man before he is saved and continues throughout his life. He begins working to help us to understand the gospel and the meaning of salvation. He works in us. I've mentioned before when I was saved, the message was preached, and I'd heard messages similar. But that day I was saved, and a friend had come to church with me, was sitting there, and I said to him, when they were giving an invitation to come and confess before everyone that uh, you, you, you had been saved, I said to him, come on, let's go. Because I thought everybody would want to go. He said, where are you going? And I said, up, up going to confess. Don't you want to do that? I thought he should want to. But the, what, uh, what I'm saying is, the Spirit of God works in you, begins in you to teach you um, what it said, what is being said, and what the Bible means. That's why two sinners such as me and my friend there, and one can hear the message and the other not, is untouched. Now, many times did I go to church and I heard similar messages and I was untouched until that day. Why? Because the Spirit of God made me to understand what this message was about. The reason is the Holy Spirit. He's the one that 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 is in us that reveals to us what is being 
เศษ We uh, we're responsible to preach the word of God, but we're not responsible to save people. We preach the word, and God does the saving. The Spirit is the one that draws men to the Lord. In John six and verse forty-four. John six and verse forty-four. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now, now remember, and this is this is what Jesus said while he was here on earth, and he says, "No man." Can come to me, except the Father which has sent me draw him. You cannot. You, I'm sure you've heard people say, "Come to Jesus." You cannot come to Jesus until the Spirit of God draws you. The drawing power. Of the message, I've been blessed to see people saved as after I preached the message. But I've never been to the place where I thought, "Well, I got somebody saved today." I didn't. I preached a message that the Lord gave me to preach, but it was the work of the Spirit that. Worked in their hearts that took that word and drew him to come and confess Christ as his Savior. I can't save anybody. My job is to preach the gospel, and the the um, Spirit of God. The Spirit of God works. We uh, read over in First Corinthians one and verse twenty-one. First Corinthians one twenty-one. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God. By the foolishness of preaching to save them that believed, save them that believe, it pleased God. The world, by wisdom, doesn't know God. People can study and go to school and spend years in studying, but there's nothing that they study. That can give them the wisdom to know God. It takes the foolishness of preaching. That's what the world calls preaching. Foolishness. But it takes the preaching that God uses 
to save them that believe. That's why I preach. Not because I want to save anybody. I, I couldn't save myself, so I don't want... My salvation wouldn't be good enough. I want them to hear the message of God. And I want them to be touched by God. To hear the message. And be saved. I could preach messages that would tickle the ears and make everybody happy and think that they're fine. But that's not what I'm here for. Takes the Spirit to apply the Word. That is, takes the Spirit to make the heart ready to receive the Word. Takes the Spirit of God to make the heart ready to receive the Word. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verses 13 and 14. 2 Thessalonians 2 verses 13 and 14 says, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning... God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation and He chose you to be saved through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Whereunto He called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation and He chose the means through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. So someone is sent to preach the truth and the Spirit of God is there to, to quicken the person and make you able to hear and believe. And you are saved. Saved by the grace of God. Titus says in the book of Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done. But according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. After we're saved, God seals us so that we can Know that God cannot lie. He tells us, if we're saved, we have eternal life. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. In the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. In whom ye also trusted after 
that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed. Sealed by the Holy Spirit. Romans says about that in the book of Romans, chapter 15 and verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're told much about the fact that when we're saved, we have hope. And the hope that we have from God is not the hope, the negative side of hope. This, I hope this happens, but I'm not sure it will. To the hope that's a positive hope. We have the positive hope. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. We have the hope of heaven, and it's a positive hope. It's not something that says, well, I, I hope I make it there. I hope I live good enough so I get there, and all that sort of thing. We have the positive hope through the Holy Spirit, the hope that says we will see our Lord. We will be with Him we are sealed with the Holy Spirit and um, we're, we're given hope. We're in the hope. We're bound in the hope of, of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 5 and verse 5 says, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. The Holy Ghost is a part of God that's, that, that stays in us, that lives in us, dwells in us, is there all the time. We abound in hope because of the Holy Spirit that is in us. We rejoice in the fact that we're saved and when we come before God's throne with our prayers and our petitions, the Spirit of God who knows us, 
who knows that we know how to pray. We don't know how to pray without the Spirit of God. But He makes intercession for us through His presence in our lives. Romans 8 and 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself, and that should be Himself, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Did you ever get to the place in your life when things happen and you know that you need to pray, but you're so down from what's happened that you... You, you you can't even think how to pray or what to pray. And if you were to try, you'd be doing more groaning than uttering or talking. That's when the Spirit that is in us makes intercession for us. That's when the Spirit groans for us with the words of God with the words to God that we need. He gives us the ability and the willingness and the desire to pray to God. I remember reading the Bible when I was young, not saved. and Of course, I had... Aunt and uncle that was always taking me to church and talking about things of God. And I knew words about what God said. But it wasn't until I was saved that I began to understand what those words meant. In 1 Corinthians 2... Verses 9 through 16. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. I hath not seen, Ear hath not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. I've heard people describe heaven, and it sounded good, but I couldn't understand all about it until the Spirit of God entered into my life. Till I was saved, and the Spirit of God was there, and then He began to reveal to me. I can't explain and explain it like it is, because I'm still in the flesh. And while I can't explain what heaven's like, I can preach about how 
precious it will be to be there. And we can, we who are saved, know that it's special and it's precious. But it takes the Spirit of God to make us to understand how precious it is to be in the, to be with the assurance that one day we'll be in the presence of our God. The Spirit of God teaches us the things of God. First Corinthians chapter six and verse nineteen says this What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. We have within us our body was made the temple of the Holy Ghost when we were saved by the grace of God. Our body was made the temple of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 13, verses 2 through 4, says this, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work run to I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them, and they sent them away. Barnabas and Saul were just individuals. And then all of a sudden, they had a desire to do the work of God. Why? Because the Holy Ghost was there. It says, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. The Holy Spirit led the church to separate them for the work that the Holy Spirit called them to do. The Spirit of God that works in our lives. One more verse of Scripture. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. This doesn't mean it's a, there's just one more verse of Scripture in the Bible. One more verse of Scripture I'm going to use in the message today. Acts 20 and verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. You know what God says to preachers? Take heed to yourselves and to the flock. The preacher must just, not just come up and tell the church things that they need to know. He's to first have himself in order and then present to the church so that the Holy Spirit 
is a very important part of our lives. He guides us, teaches us the ways we should go. He teaches a pastor what to say to, to teach us the things we need to know. He works in our lives. The Holy Spirit is a part of the Godhead that is in us and goes with us everywhere we go. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, the Holy Spirit is a part of your life and goes with you. Shall we stand to be dismissed?